right, KISS Army. Welcome to the KISS FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today and letting us into your head. I hope we don't do any damage. We hope that you enjoy. 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 Welcome to episode 334 of the KISS FAQ Podcast. I'm your host, Julian Gill. Today I'm joined by the voice of treason, 69th Blizzard. <laughs> You used Hello. it. You said I'm it, treason. not me. You said treason it, not me. There. I know. There we go. Um, Lonnie. What's up? Louis Kiss and Andrew Scambetti, independent filmmaker extraordinaire. A live catman on the board. Let's do a little bit of news. Andrew, you had, you're about to take a sip, so I pick on you. I pick on Ken <laughs> when he's on mute. I pick on you when you take a sip. That's right. okay. That's okay. So, uh, not a whole lot of KISS news going on. Obviously, a couple of weeks ago, they announced the Dubai New Year's Eve 2020 concert stream. And I guess Gene was pimping it today on uh, 95.5 KLOS and just reiterating that it's going to be big and grand and all that stuff. No mention of the set or the stage set or the set list. Uh, but he did mention that, I, I guess, if everything goes well, that there will be 150 more KISS shows. No idea where or, or no idea what. And uh, some Eagle Eye fans have noticed that if you try and buy 2021 ticket packages, the, you know, I guess the platinum tickets have dropped in price. They're now 4000 versus like the 7000 they were last year. So, uh, you know, mm. we'll see. We'll see how this year finishes up and then we'll see if the band actually comes back on tour. They say they want to do 150 more shows. Hey, so uh, well, I'll go to some that's more. all the Kiss news, and I'm sticking to it. Yeah, and um, Paul Stanley's sale of Smash guitars ended, and it looked like he had a lot of orders, so he got a good workout smashing those um, in preparation for sending out uh, purchasers. Mm-hmm. I did look through; I saw about four shows I went to, and I'm like, no, no, must resist, and I did resist. So very successful. One last piece of news is there is a very, very special. Christmas time Odyssey special. Um, Kiss's first catalog consultant, Robert V. Conti, did an interview <coughs> about The Elder and Crazy Nights and his work in with the catalog and in the vaults that I did replace a interview in the early, well, the original printings of Odyssey with. And that, of course, was the other filmmaker whose film never happened. So I just swapped it out for a new interview that did have a a little bit more context. So Robert's offering um, a a special package deal that includes a signed postcard from me using Nils's fantastic draft cover art. And that's a new printing of that. Um, He will also sign his interview in the book. And of course it's the new printing of it with that new interview. So there is a link on the FAQ message board and here's a quick commercial. Did you know that Odyssey is available now as an expanded edition? It includes a 25-page interview with the first-ever KISS catalog consultant, Robert V. Conti. For this special offer, you will receive an all-new copy of Odyssey, the definitive examination of KISS's cult classic concept album, Music from the Elder, written by Tim McFate and Julian Gill, a postcard-sized image of the draft cover art, signed by co-author Julian Gill on the back, and an exclusive tip-in with personalized notes signed and numbered by Robert V. Conti. Copies ordered through December the 15th will ship immediately with free media mail in the contiguous United States in time for the holiday season. This book contains just about everything 
you could ever possibly want to know about Kiss's sublime music from the elder. All right, so that's Odyssey. Let's Humor's get it. quick, man. Yeah, I know. Wasn't that fantastic? The the magic of editing. I mean, you know all about that. <laughs> I and, do. And that actually is today's topic. It is soon to be the 25th anniversary of a live worldwide, and coming on what day? What channel? December 11th. December. Well, you know, it, it's. It's funny that you say it's almost 25 years because while I was creating this thing, I didn't even realize that it had been that long. It's just always been my favorite time period of the band. But as we round the clocks again and you know the world goes around the sun one more time, it's been 25 years since the reunion tour. So what better way to celebrate than create a in-concert package that we never got on the reunion tour called Alive 96. And you could see this December 11th on YouTube and Vimeo. So that's so, why we're here today. Remind me, when did one last or one last time in New York come out? Uh, one last time in New York that was released May fifteenth of this year. So during the COVID era, you put together two fan films. Pretty much, us. yeah. So well, you sing, you single handedly are trying to entertain the Kiss Army. Well, yeah. I mean, yes and no. Uh, the thing is, one last time, even though it picked up much of its steam during the COVID era. Uh, one last time was in the works, dating back to 2018. Um, some of the original drafts of the idea was from 2018. A lot of the footage was shot during 2019, and it really, it, I mean, it, it was in, in pieces done late 2019, but it really ramped up early 2020. Well, we've all had a chance to check out an advanced screening of this movie uh, or fan film, let's be correct absolutely in our terminology lonnie why don't you get us started with some questions for catboy (laughs) (laughs) andrew um i've wanted this for a long time um it's it's one of my favorite eras i know it's your favorite era is reunion tour um just because of our close proximity in age where both of us yeah. were, were pretty young um, in the mid late nineties and very impressionable. And it just has that lasting effect. Um, so, so why, so why now? Why? I know it's the 25th anniversary of it. I know it's the easy answer, but you know, it's something we've been wanting. It's something that, that I've wanted for a long time. It's something I wish that would have came out as much as I like the second coming. That, that's what I really wanted in late 1998 was that. So, so why now? Why, why are you, what was your inspiration to do this? Well, there were two things that were my inspiration doing this. The very first one dating back almost three years was actually Ken. When I first did the very first release of The Greatest Show on Earth, I didn't really tell anybody that I had done it. I mean, Ken obviously knew because I had sent him a copy of it and he was watching it and really enjoyed it. At least he said he did. Uh, but he kind of posted on the on the FAQ message board kind of tongue in cheek and was like, hey, the guy that did The Greatest Show on Earth he should combine all these reunion tour concerts and make something, make a professional-looking package. Because if you watch a lot of those pro-shot reunion tour shows, it leaves a lot to be desired. A lot of them are shot extremely close up. Some of them look bad. Some of them sound bad. Some of them are incomplete. Some of them are complete. It's just you can't sit down and watch one concert and be satisfied. So I thought, I was like, well, he's right on that. And I just kind of, it was like percolating in the back of my head for a really long time. And um, a couple months ago, a fan put out a com- complete version of the Tiger Stadium show where it was just a poor quality update. It was a poor quality release 
of the Kissology DVD and like the songs that Kissology was missing, he was putting in um, footage from the fan shot, you know, the fan shot t- show from Tiger Stadium. So I was kind of watching this. I was like, this is not good. Nothing about this is good. I was like, I could do better than this. And I just was I, I just I was just going off on this thing for, for a couple hours, like all the things that I didn't like with it. It's in the wrong aspect ratio. It's all stretched out. And then I was like, wait, I can do something better than this. And it kind of got my ideas going again, going, well, I'll use those three shows from Kissology as a starting point. Detroit Tiger Stadium, Irvine Meadows, California, Madison Square Garden, July 96. I'll use those three shows as the starting point, and I'll kind of put something together that should have been the VHS live concert release from late 96, early 97. And it just it went from there. It it came together rather quickly and rather fast. I don't want to say that I rushed in doing it, but it was one of those things that I was like, yeah, this this can be done. This should be something that we can watch and uh, enjoy this great time period of the band. So, Ken, why did you think that this should be done? Why did you do this? Why why did you make Andrew go to all this effort? <laughs> yeah, <why did> I, <laughs> I, was, I was just playing a joke on him, actually. No, no. Uh, uh, no, I mean, it, it's true that uh, I've, I've always wanted, and I know, like Lonnie said, he has too, um, and I'm sure many others, uh, kind of, we expected Kiss to put something out, a full show or something out, um, since they were taping everything anyway on their end um we were expecting something to be out and what was on um you know the uh what was the name of the video they put out the second coming second Second coming uh -hmm. yeah it it just that was missing that was the one element missing uh from that i think so we only got some piecemeal stuff so yeah i always wanted i always wanted a nice full show of a reunion uh concert um now, as for uh, you know, a, a question for Andrew, uh, I was thinking about it when I was watching it. I was like, well, I wonder if you know, Andrew did anything with the you know Paul Stanley's raps. You know, if he you know removed them or edited them down or, or you know, because sometimes Paul you know tended very to long-winded go on, go on, and and I thought what I saw on this was. You know, perfect, su- sufficient. It wasn't overdone or anything like that. So I thought, okay, well, maybe he did do something. So, I, but I wasn't sure. So the way I approach this is, I approach this the same way that I assumed that Kiss approached their live albums, where it was much more about mm. creating a feeling of being there instead of getting an actual carbon copy of what it was being there. So yes, the wraps were 100% trimmed down just to give you a, a taste. You know, I didn't need him yodeling in between every song. No. I didn't need him talking about his love gun, you know, for four minutes. It's just, I, I put in just enough. Just enough where he was able to move the show along. Kind of like where if you watch the Houston show and you watch the Largo show, there's more Paul Stanley talking during those shows. When you listen to a live two, a lot of the fat was trimmed off, and and that, that that goes much farther in just in just saying that Paul Stanley's raps were trimmed. I trimmed Ace's guitar solo. I trimmed Gene's blood solo. I trimmed Peter's uh, Ace's guitar solo, Gene's bass solo, Peter's drum solo, and then Paul's little solo in the beginning of Black Diamond, because they didn't 
where you were clapping your hands while he, while Paul was playing that intro to Black Diamond, that didn't need to be there. Some of it's there, but a lot of those things where Peter's you know pointing to each side of the crowd, that didn't really need to be on the video because okay, cool, I'm sitting at home 25 years later and I'm watching Peter Chris test his symbols like he was at Sam Ash. I mean, listen, it was a great effect when you were there, and when he was pointing to different sides of the arena, that was awesome. But at the same time, it it didn't really translate into into a, a, a long form video package, so I took some creative um, I took some creative leaps, and I made it. It's called a live ninety six, and in my mind I go, well, what would they have done if this was a live four? And that's what I did. That was, that was the impression I got too. Like certain certain aspects were taken out, like a lot of the, the longer raps were taken out. You know, like the second part of um, of Ace's solo with them shooting the rockets was taken out well like andrew said that is a cool effect um you know if they were to release like a live four um which they should have done for that tour you know certain aspects of the show are taken out like you know we all know like you know paul's raps are always longer than what they are like on the like on the vegas one for example you know julie and i both want the vegas you know paul talked those are a lot of those are just taken down because it doesn't translate well to be sitting in your car driving and have a 45 second paul rap going on you know let, let's get to the next song i was you know i'm driving down the highway here um so <laughs> i can totally see I, I i thought about that as i was watching like this is what an alive four would have been like it, some of these aspects would have been taken out you know gene's blood so gene's you know basal would have been cut down a little bit to translate better on cd or vhs for 90s, 1996 um so I, I i totally saw as i was watching it why he did that it was really cool some of this stuff would drag on, especially as Gene is like vomiting on himself. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm like, all right, I, I get I get where he's going like when he's there live and he's feeding off the energy of the crowd. Uh, but it didn't it didn't translate in video. Uh, I was I watched some of these things I was putting together. I was like, all right, I gotta get on with it. I gotta just let's get to the next thing. You know, and especially that drum solo in Tiger Stadium was so long. And I'm not saying it was bad by any means, but there was experiencing that live at Tiger Stadium was probably incredible. The electricity that was incredible. That doesn't translate to video. Any solo doesn't really translate to video like that. So those there are some things that had to be trimmed down. So I think it, we really did miss out on a release at the time. Uh, they could have easily combined the Kiss Alive title with a play on Peter Frampton. You know, Kiss Comes Alive Again would have been a, a fun title one thing you touched on already is that this came together rapidly but you also stress that it, it 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 was still an effort but you've done several of these films now these fan films does it the process become easier and do you have a, a clearer vision of what you want from each one of these as you approach it as a project I really, they don't get easier you would think that they would but each project is kind of its own animal you know, um, this was taken from about 10 shows. It was put together from about 10 shows. And the biggest challenge of this was not only to sync up those shows because, you know, basically what I do is I decide, okay, well, this song sounds the best from this night and I'm going to take all the versions of this song and sync it to this one. So you're speeding up some stuff, you're slowing down some stuff. So that part, it, I could do that in my sleep. I've done that on every every single one of my releases. But where it gets challenging is you have these 10 different shows and I don't know if you guys noticed this, but the band kind of, the stage evolved over time on that tour. 
the band looked mm-hmm. different as the tour progressed on. Costumes got changed a little bit here and there. Um, and as we're using different videos, the, the videos, they just looked different. So the biggest challenge was, well, how am I going to make this all look like it was one show? And even though the editing of trimming everything together came by very quickly, the color correction and the timing and, and all that stuff took the most time because I wanted a viewer to be able to sit down, suspend disbelief that this is multiple shows and just watch it and say, oh, this is what I remember seeing in 1996 or 1997. And this brings me back to that. This is the show that I saw. So there are multiple shows. And the reason why there are multiple shows is some have wide shots, some have close shots, some this looks better or they caught this action better or this lighting is better. So it was about taking all those shows and making them look as close together as I possibly could. So that was the biggest challenge. Um, and each each project as I go on has its own challenges. Obviously, The Greatest Show on Earth was the hardest because nothing like that had ever been done before. But I remember as I was working on One Last Time, the biggest challenge of that was, I hope this makes sense. I hope people understand the story that I'm trying to tell in between these songs. And then the most challenging part of this was, well, I hope it all looks the same. Because how silly would it be if you're watching a show and then all of a sudden you're seeing, you know, Paul singing under a purple light and then it changes angles. And then, you know, he's dancing some he's dancing in the crowd somewhere like you just you wanted to make sure you had all those little actions match up as best as you could and then look the same continuity so, yeah mm-hmm. let's I mean, talk they're, about they're, i'm, I'm yeah, going to cut sorry. you off there because i, yeah. I do want to kind of crank through this you know so that we cover the majority of the show uh, yeah. uh, so that people get a good idea for several aspects of it but ken the intro i mean what's your take on that because when first time i saw it i was like gah i was like that is an intro Nailed it. Yeah, I thought the intro was great. Um, good intro, you know. It's the bit, kind of the the build up um, to the actual show. You know, like something's happening here, um, and uh, you know, with the pulling up of the limousine, was it limousines or yeah, 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 yeah. As, you know, or the trucks or whatever. But uh, pulling up and and all the other things about it and the crowd waiting and. Um, it kind of it's it's, it's a nice buildup to what was you know what was going on, um, and uh, so it kind of makes you excited to you know see the concert. Yeah, I I always like the you know, the effect of them walking to the stage, and you know, and they still yeah. use that effect um, to today. Um, I think there's something you know just get your get your energy level up and get you going to see them walking to the stage. It's something they've used for, I don't know, going back to at least 04, they've used that. I don't remember if they, you know, I guess 04 is the first time they really started using that, seeing them walk to the stage. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, you know, we've all been in the audience, you know, you see the crowd's reaction when they see Kiss for the first time that night walking to the stage. And it's kind of and it kind of just took on a life of its own that we can't go to a Kiss concert now without seeing them walking to the stage. So I enjoyed that part of it, you know, and and, it, you know seeing them in those reunion, seeing them in full, you know, figure in those reunion costumes. I mean, cause they really were larger than life at that point in time. And the four, the four members of the band meant a lot to see the four of them walking to the stage to kick things off. Like, you know, I'm getting, this is what I'm getting is the original kiss, the reunion show. You can see all four of those, you know, familiar characters right off the bat. Those, you know, just grabbed you right away. And, the, and, the, and, of course, the two-pack intro as well, which shocked the people. Oh, yeah. 
and the great expect I love the great expectations. Yeah, 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 in yeah, the yeah. background, the kind of the outro that Ezra put together uh, on Destroyer just really sets the tone nicely. Hey, we're gonna do a giveaway during this episode. So what I have on offer today is a mm-hmm. pre-production original set list from one of the crew members from June 1996. Can I win that or am I disqualified? Your, uh, participants in the episode and filmmakers are disqualified. Dang so, it. Um, I'll be asking Andrew during this episode which song on this release he is most proud of as a construction mm-hmm. and that'll be the answer that you email to me at kissfaq at outlook.com so guys remind me to ask the freaking question and repeat <laughs> those details during the show because I, I just got an email from a legendary australian rocker agreeing to an interview so i'm like really in a happy place let's get back to some questions um a life worldwide was supposed to reimagine 1977-78 so the alive 2 tour in essence i've always wondered and what's your take on this andrew do you think gene and paul had a thumb wrestle fight to decide who got to sing the first song of the reunion with it being such an important moment in history it should have been paul if they were recreating 77-78 with i stole your love not deuce which wasn't even in the set by that time. So what's your take on that as the first song? That's something that I've struggled with for 25 years that you're right. It should have been a Paul song. However, if you look at the show objectively as a concert, as a theatrical production that moved on, it just made all the sense in the world to start with deuce because remember they start the, all those amp walls are, are down flat. So when the curtain drops, you just see this stripped down kiss show which is kind of what you would have seen in 1975. So I think what they were doing is they go, hey, here we are, no tricks, just these four guys just on stage kicking ass. And they also wanted to open the show with a song that had great choreography. And you can't get any better choreography than those that little deuce dance at the end. So I do think that they didn't need the thumb wrestle. I think that they kind of looked at this objectively and goes, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we did this? And then after the first song, you know, Ace does the intro to King and then those amplifiers, they just they rise up like that was that was an incredible thing to see back then. You know, when you saw all these pictures in magazines, you never you didn't know that and the little news clips that you saw. You didn't know that those amp cabinets were raising up. I just remember that one of the first bootlegs I saw was a Japanese show. And I go, oh, they stripped down the set for Japan. I just I, I could I couldn't believe it because you know I was very young when I saw the band at the Meadowlands in '96. I didn't remember that part, but I remember years later watching the bootleg and then seeing those cabinets come up, and I was like, oh, I guess that did happen. I didn't so, remember it either. Yeah, so until looking saw, at it, I saw a bit like yeah, so looking at it objectively, going well, hey, they wanted to not only take you back to '77, but they wanted to take you back even farther when it was just the band and a couple of amps on stage. So I think the first image is that, and that's what you see. And then they kick into King of the Nighttime, where then the, the amps you know, rise up, and there's big, giant cabinets of amps. I think that they sat down and thought, this would be a cool way to kind of one-two punch them, my opinion. Ken? Lonnie? Somebody say something. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I'm just going to say that... Uh, you know, I did, you know, enjoy it very much. And the thing is, uh, I really enjoyed seeing Black Diamond played, you know, properly, in my opinion, especially with the the start 
that you know uh the paul's uh little riffing that happens before the real uh entry into the song which is the the way it always should be um but he hasn't had hasn't done that kind of entry since i don't know i don't know, you know early 2000 maybe i don't know um he stopped doing that and he has he does now he does this little like chug 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 thing which i think is just like no don't do that you know <laughs> just do it the way you always used to do it which is kind of it integrates the the song's kind you know riff uh, itself um a bit so uh i just i just love it. i mean it's you know pretty much my favorite song by kiss so when i watched it I was like oh yeah he was doing it they were doing it the right way back then and, and you know i really enjoyed that song it was just they did i mean a great version that was i don't know what night that was but um that was Several. great okay <laughs> and i see see that that tells you right there i felt like it's you know one one night but it, you put it together and it, it felt like one you know one each song even that they were broken up felt like one one from one night and the whole thing you know felt pretty good like you're just watching one show and and enjoying enjoying it you know i'm a goldfish when it comes to continuity so i i, I don't really <laughs> notice that oh that feels like it's from a different show so it's a very seamless you know experience yeah. for, uh, for me i mean some of the stuff that that stood out was you know the synchronized rocking and king of the nighttime world that was really cool i loved the gene shots in that one um kind of the expressions on his face where he was really kind of enjoying being back in his war paints let me go rock and roll i said it before to you when you know i, I saw some early edits. what the hell is that doing third in the set um well if you remember it was early it it Initially, it was very late in the set, but towards not during the Lost City's leg, but later on in the tour, it became third in the set. And this was the last song that I put in. The reason why I chose this song is I needed a third song. Firehouse wasn't really a third song. Um, all the current footage of Do You Love Me I had, it wasn't it wasn't good. I didn't have enough footage to make Do You Love Me feel like, oh, this is a this, you know, this is cool. I was missing it from a lot of shows that I used. So. I kind of looked at the reunion tour set and I go, well, they did do Let Me Go Rock and Roll third towards later on in the tour. And they even did it third opening night in, in Dodger Stadium in 1998. So um, it was it was the third song. And um, it was that way on the Destroyer tour. It was that way on the, the Rock and Roll Over tour. So I'm like, all right, it, this, listen, it, it, it wasn't my first choice to do, but I needed a third song and it couldn't have been Firehouse. Let me go rock and roll. Was third in St. Louis in '97 when I saw him. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah. third in and third in uh, New Jersey when I saw him in December '96. But when I saw him in '96, so when I saw him like third show in '96, it was really late in the set, like you mm-hmm. like you mm-hmm. mentioned. They they moved some stuff around. I didn't real yeah. I forgot about them. Yeah, yeah. So so that's why it wasn't my first choice. My first choice was "Do You Love Me," but it, but if you remember the um, Madison Square Garden third night bonus disc in Kissology Volume Three, they took out "King of the Night Time World." And do King of the Night do you love me? So I didn't have another version of do you love me to go from. I just had Tiger Stadium, mm-hmm. and I was like, well, I guess I kind of, I guess I can fill in some of the stuff from Toledo '97, but I didn't, I didn't have enough stuff to make it look like it was a produced song. So uh, I cut it. 
interesting. The length is also 80 minutes, isn't it? Which is very yeah. close to what a Kiss performance would have been in 1978. Was that a deliberate? Well, it, it's like... A, Kiss loves even numbers, 10 songs, 15 songs, 20 songs. So I knew that I wasn't going to be able to stretch it to 20 songs because right out, right out the gate, there were songs missing that I wanted to do. Do You Love Me, New York Groove. These were things that, that were missing. So I, I knew I couldn't stretch it to 20 songs and have it be cohesive and have it have myself just have enough footage to be able to choose from. So I knew right off the bat I was going to cut it to 15 songs. couple reasons why I was going to do that. Number one. Um, I wanted it to be a single VHS. So I know single VHSs could go up to, you know, 120 minutes sometimes. But I'm gonna, like, let's make it a single VHS. Let's also make it a single CD. So I thought 15 songs was the perfect length. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I didn't I didn't want to overdo it. I didn't want to just I didn't want to just start putting stuff in there because, oh, I just make this longer. I wanted to take the best stuff and put the best stuff in there. Yeah, I cut watching you. I just didn't think that there was a strong performance of watching you throughout that tour. It was a fine song to play, and it was great to have a song so early back in the set in the '90s. But uh, I didn't think the versions I had were strong. So I knew I knew there was some, like I said, there was some fat I wanted to trim off. Uh, but truth to be told, New York Groove, I didn't. I wish that that would have been in Tiger Stadium. I wish it would have been at Madison Square Garden, the, the bonus disc from, from Kissology Volume 3. I wish they would have put New York Groove in there because I would have used it. Um, I also would have liked to have used Come On and Love Me, but I, don't, I didn't have that from any show aside from Toledo. So, um, 25 so yeah. songs on this set. Well, it's a nice even you, number, too. Yeah. <laughs> nice even number. But if you remember, yeah. if you guys remember, they whittled that down to 20 songs almost immediately. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they did play a lot longer at Tiger Stadium than they did ultimately down the line. I mean, 2000 Man was one of the first songs to go, and that seldomly came back throughout the tour. But after Tiger Stadium, it was pretty much down to 20 songs. Yeah, like Christine 16 they did at Tiger Stadium was gone like immediately, yep. too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it was more about creating a live experience. It was more about making it feel... It, it's about giving you just enough. I feel like if I just threw five more songs on there, people would be like, all right, maybe i got to go start cooking dinner or whatever. I, I, wanted, to keep, I wanted to keep your excitement level. I think the attention the span it, you know, makes it work out. One of the thing, another thing that jumps out at me that you fixed from an earlier version is, thank God, you fixed the audience shots in Strutter. Because when Paul was doing his rap about the girls and women, and you cut to the audience, so there were two fat guys. <laughs> I'm like, he should have left that in somehow. But you know, thanks, thanks for fixing that continuity. How much of a, a how does someone with OCD deal with continuity and making a fan film without going bonkers? Well, you just go bonkers. That's what you do. Uh, uh, um, no, I mean, there really is no easy answer for that. Basically what this was, it was, I had to just pick the best stuff. And sometimes I had to let continuity go by the wayside. There are some shots where Paul's costume switches, you know, he, he got one sleeve up and one sleeve down, but those are little things that you just have to ignore. I mean, there are continuity errors on the Kiss Symphony Alive 4 DVD for God's sake. So things like that are just going to happen. Um, what I wanted to do throughout this is I started with Tiger Stadium because sonically, it sounded the best. It certainly wasn't the band's best performance, but sonically, it sounded the best. It's you know, Gene sounded way better at Tiger Stadium than he did in, in New York City. His voice was gone by that point, a month into the tour. 
So it was about just, well, I got to show the best stuff. And sometimes you make continuity um, decisions that you're going to say, well, hey, you know, I, I didn't want to do giant continuity errors. I didn't want to I didn't want Paul to be in his jacket and then the next shot him to be without the without his shirt on completely. So I tried to keep it as close as I possibly could. Yeah, there's one show where his makeup is dripping off and this and that. So but you, you got to ignore those little things because, you know, they probably would have been there on this official release if it ever had come out so um but to answer answer your question it's i just wanted to make it look cool i wanted to i wanted i wanted you to be like oh hey that was cool that was a fun song to watch that's really all i that's really all i wanted to do so that's a great question for both ken and lonnie lonnie let's start with you were there any songs that really jumped out at you when you're watching it you're like wow that was a visually very pleasing thing or anything that took you back Cue the Nighttime World um, was was definitely the standout for me and really took me back. One, because they haven't played King of the Nighttime. I don't think I've seen them do King of the Nighttime World since I saw them in 97. And it's one of my favorite songs. And I always, always, always loved the way they opened those shows on the reunion tour with Deuce straight in the King of the Nighttime World. Um, just because Deuce is such a great opener to begin with. And then kind of featuring Ace with Ace, you know, shaking that guitar and raising those raising those cabinets behind him, just showing, hey, here's, you know, by the way, here's Ace freaking Fraley right here, <laughs> right off the gate, you know, just to re- just to remind you. Um, but I just love the way that those songs just seamlessly went together. Um, didn't seem forced at all, even with the King of the Nighttime World intro with the guitar and then just blast right into it and like you said you could really see on gene's face how much he was enjoying being the demon again during um king of the nighttime world in this production by andrew and i this just immediately just took me back to 96 97 i not that i'm not proud to be a kiss fan today but god i was proud to be a kiss fan in 96 and 97 and you know brought me back to sewing kiss patches on my backpack and being a junior and senior in high school, you know, and didn't care, didn't give a shit what anybody said to me about the band because I knew something, you know, to quote Gene, like, I knew something that they didn't know. Like, I knew that this was the greatest concert or the, and the greatest band in the world, and you guys have no freaking idea what you're missing. And that's what so the fucking this- what? The magic is back. Exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and these two shows just brought me right back to to those two songs, I'm sorry, those two songs right off the jump just brought me right back to that kind of feeling, you know, and like now I kind of, as much, I still love Kiss as much as, as I ever did probably, but I still kind of, I kind of roll my eyes a little bit, you know, and I said, oh, you know, $15,000 for this platinum package to Dubai and, you know, $15,000 for Gene Sword from the Dubai show. And like, all right, whatever. But like seeing the beginning of, of this show, just that's when I was so proud to be a Kiss fan. And it, it meant, it just meant so much to me at that age. So just, and it, it, and it sucked me into the rest of it. Nice. Ken, what about you? Is there a song or songs that really jumped out at you when you're watching it that made you have the same sort of, mo- I mean, Lonnie's been very eloquent uh, in expressing what that meant to him. You know, was there anything that gave you a similar feeling? Well, yeah, I mean, definitely, I, I agree with him on uh, definitely on King of Nighttime World, and then I, you know, uh, it's it's a rare one that they you know they don't play much in, and 
with their choreography everything and everything was was really good um and i already mentioned black diamond um another thing that i liked actually which is was beth no i'm not i know not really uh, i was it was it was yeah sh- you know shocked me um uh i thought it was you know it was really good because uh, you know we don't get to see Asa do that anymore these you know these days with the band um and i really enjoyed that and you know and and peter chris's you know uh german i'm kind of trying to think you know how he drummed i don't think he drummed it this exactly the same way he, he did on the album um because he was a li- little bit more syncopated on the album than i think uh in concert uh at least to my ears but i, I thought it was really good um and of course you know let me let me go rock and roll is always a a great one energy See, he likes it third <laughs> yeah, no, I, it's I, I, I don't. One. I don't have a problem with where it where it was. It's just that it reminds you know, when, me of you know that that reminds me. Let me go rock and roll. Reminds me of when I first saw Kiss in '79. Uh, they did that, and uh, I just remember like, man, this is great, and they're doing that the the moves and stuff, and, and I thought, man, this is just this is just awesome. Um, so it makes me think back to that kind of stuff. So, but uh, yeah, there's a lot of things to pick from though. Yeah, it's it's chock full of moments. I mean, some of the ones I've noted, I, I think shock me because there's just that little bit at the end when they finish um, the main part of shock me Gene. and Gene stomps yes. his foot. Yeah, yes. that, that moment yes. just jumped out at me. And awesome. then the look on Ace's face, there are these close up shots of him after he switches to the Black Beauty guitar. Um, and I've not noticed those in the other videos before, and it was just something on his face, you know, a quirkiness of, yeah, all the drama there as well. But there he was back in his makeup doing his song on stage with the band again, that it kind of rammed it all home. Another moment is how you handle the flame sequence. Uh, Bingo. Well done. Um Loved it. I, I mean, I've never been a big fan of Firehouse, but when we get to the end of that song and boom comes the fire, I'm like, yeah, that looks right. That, that is was how one of those things that was difficult for me because those flame effects that were on the screen during the last mm-hmm. chorus, that was that was a, a cheesy 1996 effect that was on the screen. So every show I had had that effect already baked into it. So, man, I would have loved if I could have not used that. But at the same time, that's what you saw in 90s in 96 so um yeah i thought everybody was gonna hate firehouse because i'm like man those flames at the end it looks so cheesy well i kept backing you about the overlays like can't you do anything about that there's a like the part of the video they're in every video there's nothing you know mm-hmm. deal with it but you know literally what? literally mm-hmm. now it does not bother me i mean you've said it to me the justification enough times that it finally made it through the cranium and i just accept it because when you do get to gene breathing fire it's like ah forget it that it's yeah it's thank magic. god the flame effect wasn't burned in when he was breathing the fire because then i would be like man i gotta cut the song because this is such dog shit but uh, <laughs> but uh but no i mean I, I really wanted to not have the flame effect burned in there but hey every show i had there it was so, so you've talked about a challenge. What is your favorite song when you've watched this through? What is the one that you actually sit back and you do your Gene Simmons? You're like, yeah. I hate them all. No, um, <laughs> it's pr- honestly, it's probably songs that I had to fix. And I fix a lot of songs in there as far as band mistakes. 
Shout Out Loud, 100,000 Years, The End of Let Me Go Rock and Roll, Deuce, Black Diamond. Um, so I guess probably my favorite song to just sit back and watch, um, it's probably Deuce. Because I remember uh, the main part of that song comes from Tiger Stadium. And the band nearly fell apart during that first song when that first breakdown happened. So I was I first started – the first cut I had of this, I didn't fix any of the mistakes. I just left all the warts there, and I was like, this is what it is. And then I went back, and I go, Man, that doesn't, doesn't sound good. And So what I was able to do is because some of those early shows, they sound similar. They don't sound the same. They sound similar. I was like, well, let me see if I could fix them. So I fixed that part in Deuce and nearly half a dozen other parts where hopefully, I mean, I know you're watching this now and you're, you know now, but hopefully when you sit down and watch this show on December 11th on YouTube, you don't notice the things that I fixed. At least I hope so. What about musically? Because did you do anything with Peter's drums? Because they sound a little bit different to how I recall all the recordings um, sounding like. Well, like I mentioned before, the Tiger Stadium show sonically sounded better. And I thought that as the tour petered on, no pun intended, as the tour petered on, I, the, the, the band started to sound a certain way. Um, but the great Andy Samford, he um, remixed this audio for me. So if you listen to the audio straight from Kissology, it's kind of like, eh, it is what it is. But uh, he fixed it and he made it sound, you know, sound as close to an alive album as possible. So um, it has... It has to do with two reasons. It has to do with them sounding sonically different in Detroit and the great work of Andy Samford. You know, he did the audio one last time. He did the audio here, too. So um, he did a great job. I think it sounds awesome. Yeah, and he does cool know what he's, he knows what he's doing, yeah. which really mm-hmm. helps when someone tweaks stuff because mm-hmm. there are tweakers yeah. who shouldn't tweak. Well, <laughs> they've obviously been tweaking too much before they tweak. Um Another moment that I really enjoy is Paul's final twirl at the end of 100,000 years to see just <laughs> little ballerina moments. Um, I might be tired when I was watching this. I'm certainly tired now. But that really reminds me of the magic that the band had. And it is an element that I feel is gone to a certain extent. Um, as much as I enjoy the show that the current four members of the band put on. But that magic was indelible throughout this performance. When you have the close-up shots of Peter smiling, you have Gene mm-hmm. smiling, and we know it wasn't, you know, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. It wasn't a fairy tale. That there were challenges, but you could see that there were clearly moments during a show where these guys actually enjoyed being back in Kiss, not necessarily with one another on stage. Um, so I want to talk about difficulties. What was the most difficult song that you had to work on? And maybe Oof. one that nearly, I mean, you've mentioned Firehouse and the Overlay, but that maybe you were on, teetering on the brink of cutting out of the show, uh, but you did manage to get to work. Shout it out loud. Mm-hmm. Every, every version of that song from the Kissologies had an issue with it. Shout out loud from Tiger Stadium. Peter didn't wait for the band. He just started playing the, the drum beat without the count off. So the band, when they all came into the Sunday, there was kind of like a, a loose machine. And then unfortunately, the version from Madison Square Garden, Night 3, the band started without Peter. So I had two different mess-ups. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, it sounded like absolute dog shit. So what I did 
is I took the version where Peter wasn't playing the intro, and I was like, well, the band is playing, so I just have to add the drum beat in there. So I went later on in the song where the drums break down. It's just da, 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 do, da, da, do, da, do, da, da. Took that little drum piece from later on in the song, fiddled with it a little bit, overlaid it, made it longer, dragged it to the beginning of the song, and one, two, three, four, bah, and it just, it, it, it worked. And I was like, I was like, oh, thank God that worked because that's one of the, that's the, the reunion tour song because it was the single, it was the video, and it was on Greatest Kiss. So um, that was the song I had to work on the longest just because I wanted to make it, you know, I wanted to make it work. And I hit a couple explosions in there to kind of try to hide a little bit of my edit marks. So hopefully when you watch it, you don't notice that I had, I spent a lot of time on that beginning of shout out loud, a lot of time, almost an embarrassing amount of time. And it almost got cut. I was like, I'm just gonna throw the video in here and fuck this. But I luckily I was able to make it work. It took probably an entire day, entire six hours to get that to work. So you just told everyone where to focus in to find critical right. things. Right. You know, Time to rewatch it. it. If there's a boom, boom, <laughs> eagle eyes out, you know, get the, get the knives and forks. Um, let's go back to Lonnie for some points. Um, I, there, there's so many elements of there, like even like the, it's so much how I remember it. Like, you know, the four solo faces, like, Oh, the like morph morphing together, you know, one after another. And, you know, it just, there's so many elements that, that just took me back to, to, to 96, 97. That was one of them. And as I was watching it, I was really hoping that you included that, you know, and, you know, to my delight, it, it, it was there. So I was like, you know, that, <laughs> it had to be there. It had it, it, exactly. It had to be there. So it, cause it wouldn't have been complete without it. Cause the, the home video, the home video, if they were to release it in 98 would have had that they would have had that on there. And I think, you know, the firehouse thing too, you, you're talking about how well, you know, I didn't really like that flame overlay, that, but it would have been there though. I think even on the even on the home video release, I think they would have put that on there as well. I, I think that I think it's exactly the version that that we would have got. There's also like a weird like paint like effect during Ace's solo when the when the guitar yeah, starts yeah, smoking. Yeah, 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 and that, and was, that like, was there. That was there too. That was another burned in 1996 effect. I didn't like it, but that no. version of the solo was sonically the best one, so I had to use it. And 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 I thought that as I was watching it, that I bet you know that that well, this is just the footage that you have. This is what what you have to work with. Um, but but I also but at the same time, I also think that that's how they would have presented it on a home video in ninety in ninety eight. That it would have had those cheesy late nineties effects as well. So I think that that makes it that much more pure. And the fact that it's in four three because that's how it would have been on a home video release as well. It's not stretched to my widescreen TV, you know, hashtag bless every widescreen TV. I know, but it's on a four, <laughs> three, it's on, it's in four, three format the way, you know, it would have looked if I went out and bought a VHS. So I, the thing I really liked is how true to form it was, um, that, that it, it looks like it would have been released in, in 98, having those solo faces more, having those flame overlays as, you know, as cheesy as they may look, having that, that ace, you know, overlay during his solo. Um, every, every everything, it's exactly true to form, and how I would have I would have expected, and how the eighteen year old, nineteen year old me would have wanted it in mm. in ninety eight. Um, quick quick side story: in ninety eight, I made my own, I guess, a live ninety six, and I was a freshman in college. 
that we had to we had to do like a a um it was, it was English composition and for some reason but she let me do a, a presentation on Kiss. I really don't know how I talked her into it, but she let me do a presentation on Kiss. And I you know I it was a persuasive speech or something about the American experience. And I I talked about you know how talked about the, the reunion show and then I I morphed like a St. Louis bootleg and that Atlanta show into like highlights of the show for like a 15 minute like little thing showing Ace's you know, smoking guitar and showing Gene breathing fire, showing Gene drooling blood, showing Peter doing Beth, showing the end of Black Diamond. You know, I did my own little, it's 20 years ago of, of that. So like sitting there watching you create that is like, well, this is how an adult does it, first of all. And, <laughs> <laughs> and how a professional does it, not 18 year old me. But it's like, you know, because, but, but your video is what I wanted to create to show in my presentation 20 years ago. So it was exactly, again, it was exactly what I wanted. So kudos, Andrew. It was amazing. Oh, thank, thank you. Thank you. And I'm not a professional. I'm just, I'm, I'm a jag off just like anybody else. <laughs> it, what amazes we me are. most about all of these little fan films, and this, this will be, if you count the little Tokyo thing I did last December, where I just synced alive, you know, the lost alive Two to Tokyo 77. This is the fifth kiss project that I've done. And it has shocked me that nobody else has done anything like this. Why? Nobody's, nobody's copycatted you in the last however long, too. Yeah, no one, but no one did it before me. And there were talented people in the KISS community. Oh, you sure. know, Dave Stryker from KISS Vision, a super talented guy, one of the guys I used to look up to. But nobody has done this. All they've done is they go, let me just take these four shitty high eight tapes and do a multi-camera from, you know, Mumbai you know, 1998 or whatever, whatever, whatever it was, no one has sat and, and done those things that were filling in gaps in Kiss's history. Now, I know I really wasn't filling in a gap when it came to one last time, but that was just something that I wanted to tell. But no one has went back and go, well, what would a theatrical film would have looked like? What would a TV special? What would it? So no one. And it shocks me because, listen, I'm not the brightest guy. I'm just not. But someone had to have these ideas before. And... Why didn't they do it before? Why me? I, I, don't, I don't have delusions of grandeur thinking that I'm the best and I did this and I'm so great. I, I don't. I was like, why didn't someone do this before? I wanted to watch, I want to watch someone's interpretation of these things as a fan because I would love it. I, I hope it inspires it. people. And one yeah. thing we have sen- seen in the last week is Michael Edwards put together the Won't Get Fooled Again video clip um which was a kind of a compilation of different mm-hmm. angles from shows married with the soundboard from bruce's collection so you know the, there are the occasional you know things like that but not of the scope or scale that you have been doing and hopefully you'll inspire other people to pick up that gauntlet whether it's doing you know a show um that means something to them the way that you've interpreted it or weaving a story into the, the a show to tell a bigger story for once. Yeah. Losing. Yeah. I, I want to watch it. I want to watch someone else's interpretation of this band. If it's quality. Um, <laughs> right. And listen, that's subjective. That really is subjective. You know, I'm not, uh, I'm not the only guy that's going to make quality kiss videos. So quality is subjective. So what's some, I mean, I just want to see what someone puts together with their heart. And something that's cool and enjoyable. So um, I hope somebody does that. Because I'll tell you something. I don't sit around and watch my own films. I really don't. I have them all accessible to show people. Um, 
And it's just when someone's like, well, hey, you're an editor. What have you done? I'm like, well, this is what I've done. So I'm able to do it that way. But at at the same time, I just I want to watch someone else's interpretation of it. I I hope the Kistory official documentary is half as good as what people said about one last time. So, um, yeah, hope someone pick up someone make something cool and don't just like take a bunch of stuff and make a kiss music video just make it big make it flashy someone do something you know if the last kiss show ever happens i have another idea for another film to do around the last the actual last show so that i'm still going to do when with if it ever happens but someone do something cool i want to see something cool yeah and you want someone else to pull their hair out i want someone else to do it because (laughs) you know it's so someone uh, else can suffer for your entertainment for a change yeah, exactly. Because when I look back, it's I've been at these since almost nonstop since 2017. That's kind of when I had the idea for The Greatest Show on Earth. And I started doing that. And then The Greatest Show on Earth morphed into Kiss at Midnight. And then I went back and fixed things about The Greatest Show on Earth I didn't like. And then it was The Japan Show. Then it was One Last Time. And now it's this. So, yes, I need a break. I need a break so bad. I just don't want to look at the computer for a while. But um, but at the same time, if if an idea comes to me just like this one does, um, I have this this thing inside me that makes me do it. That I if the idea just stays inside me, it drives me nuts. I have to I I have to do it if I get this idea and if I get you know inspired about something. But um, but you know it's just um, it's I want someone else to do it. I want to see someone else's vision. Yeah, Ken, do you have a last question for Andrew before we wrap? No, it's a question, but uh, I just say this is a this concert video is a great compilation, you know, great compilation, but it's a a great addition to something I have, and probably a lot of people have it. Is I have a two DVD set of of the you know the press conferences. I don't know if you have that one. Uh, but it has all the 96 stuff, the TV stuff, uh, where they were on TV, the the announcement pre- press conference at the, you know, the aircraft carrier and, and so on. Just just tons of media, backstage stuff, just interviews and, and all this stuff. And this is a good, great thing. So now I can say, OK, I got that. And then I can go, OK, now let's watch the. The concert it just kind of be, can be for me one full one full package now the other thing as we talked about earlier about the raps and stuff i was thinking about it more um there should have been less raps in a lot of those concerts back in the day because you know what the concerts flow a lot better and that's why i think end of the road the current you know touring or whatever flows a lot better because it's like bam 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 you're just you know knocking you out one song after another and then there's a little bit of paul rap and then we know some of the reasons for that but i think reducing that just helps the the you know the the flow of the concert it's 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 much better more more enjoyable here's what i think here's my homework assignment for all you kiss army cadets out there homework assignment is throw in the second coming and watch until they sell out tiger stadium and after they sell out Tiger Stadium, put press pause, then go to YouTube as long as it's after December 11th, 
and then watch a live 96 and i think you'll get the the most complete picture of the tour that you can get you know um yes funny things happen on the road yes they did things in the action league now and tupelo mississippi and all that stuff but i think if you watch the making of the tour and then you watch a live concert i think um you'll remember what a cool time in history this was and on that is a really good way to wrap up so production rehearsal set list from june the 20th 1996 it's got folds increased because it has been used by staff um andrew's favorite video song performance from his movie fan film uh email it to kissfaq at outlook.com by wednesday the 9th of december noon and random drawing as always and it could be yours so that's it that is one last time tell us where and when people can watch your fan film as any of the fan films if you want make sure you follow me on youtube it's youtube.com slash greatest show on earth fan films come back december 11th to see a live 96 and just like i did with one last time i'm going to be uploading a live 96 on monday december the 7th and then you'll get to see you'll get to bookmark the actual link that you'll be able to watch starting on Friday. So just pretend it's like an old concert and you're waiting in line. You can bookmark that page and wait in line. And when it premieres, YouTube will send you a notification that's live for you to watch. There'll be live chat when it's premiering for the first time. So come in and join the fun because it's going to be fun. And uh, I, I really thank you guys for, for having me on to talk about this. And uh, hats off to you, Ken, for being the brainchild behind this and uh, getting the, the juices flowing. Lonnie, you got to step up your game, man. I know. Come on. Like... <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's like, it's like getting a line ticket back in the day in 96. You'd go and get a line ticket. Come back a few more times during the week and get another line ticket. So you make sure you get it. That's how you used to do it. <laughs> that's awesome. So that's our show. Andrew, you're part of this show. So it's nice to have you on to talk about one of the things that you work outside of podcasting and being a member of the crew. So thank you very much for joining us. I hope everyone enjoys it. Do check it out. I think it's well worth your time. And obviously from Andrew, from Ken, Lonnie, myself, thanks for joining us. And we'll see you next time. Bow. Thank you for spending time listening to the Kiss FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the KISS FAQ message board and discuss the topic we've broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again.